Hey gamers, this week we are giving away the complete Team Yankee starter set. If you want to be in with a chance of winning that, all you have to do is make sure you are subscribed to the channel, post a comment below, click like, and if you can help us out, share it with a friend, just to let them know that the weekend starts now. gamers and welcome to the weekend right uh this weekend i'm joined by Lloydie, jerry ben and we're going to go on a mad tour of all things tabletop gaming uh to kick off ben we have a couple of little um uh, little updates just to keep people in the loop what are they first of all uh, Jerry sat down for an interview with uh, Mike Hutchinson, who wrote the rules for A Billion Sons, which I'm sure if you've been watching Cult of Games, you've noticed that Jerry is getting very into that at the moment, uh, going a little bit uh, Babylon 5 mad. Um, but that interview is now up and available. Uh, it's a really nice deep dive into that. Uh, get stuck into that and give it a watch. Very cool. Did you have fun, Jerry? I did. I had a lot of fun with Mike. Um, really interesting guy to, to talk to and to hear the plans he has. Him and uh, he's part of that Blaster Collective as well with uh, people like Joe McCullough and um, Ash Barker. So Sean Sutter and stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, so they've they've lots of stuff coming for various games, but also he's he's starting. Uh, he's never really had a game site of his own, and he, he launched Planet Smasher games, um, which is going to be sort of the the place where people should go to if they want to say abreast of what he's he's coming up with and plans he has in the future um and even things like I, he recently put solo rules up on the uh, uh billion sons website and i think there's a mini campaign coming in an upcoming war games illustrated so so he's really going hell for leather um with the billion sons which is fantastic because it seems to have uh, caught the eye of a lot of people in the community at the moment. So yeah. So anybody that anybody that's not aware, Billion Sons is um, uh, it's a space combat game. Okay, um, pretty much miniatures agnostic. Mm -hmm. So it is it is a game, and you supply the miniatures. Myself and Lloydie have been um, uh, behind the scenes, starting to have a little bit of a, a chit chat about this. Jerry has inspired <laughs> us. So, um, so it's a book, and you can get it from Osprey, then, is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so some of the ranges, Jerry. So Jerry, you're doing Babylon Five. Um, so you're swatting up some battle on uh, five ships for that right let me tell you through talk you through some of the ranges that me and Lloydy have been having a wee uh, peek up behind the, uh, the scenes so we have a couple of the the old box sets of the halo fleet battles game ah yes indeed so um uh, so myself and Lloydy have been having to think about ooh, we could do the halo route okay mm, definitely boom yeah. not finished there I'm not finished at that. But we have the score. I also have a few bits and pieces from the old Firestorm Armada range from Spartan. Delightful. So I'm having to think about that as well, man. And I'm not finished there because I also have, uh, now this is going way back. I also have a, uh, a, a handful of ships from Noble Armada. I'm aware of your work. Mm. If you can cast your mind back to that mm. one. 
Oh, I can very much so. Um, however, for me, it has come down to two options. Okay. Um, either I go head to head with Lloydy on the, the whole halo side, which I've got to say, this, uh, this finally gives us a reason to use it. <laughs> it really does. I, I would definitely zero in on the NSC because it's just going to be easier to paint those ships. <laughs> <laughs> but with them, with the new halo TV series and stuff being announced by Paramount, you're it's a great time what to jump. actually going to happen. Wow. It is, it is, it is, uh, it's now been secured to Paramount Plus. Ooh. The other option, though, is it's a live game, mm-hmm. but they do the most beautiful spaceships in the world. And that's got to be the Drop Fleet Commander range. Hmm. That, that Drop Fleet stuff is absolutely it is very nice. Gorgeous. I, I do keep opening my starter sets and thinking, I could build these. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <but in laughs> back behind the curtain. Yeah, here if you if you're looking for something to comment about, mm. um, uh, comment below. P- cast your vote. If you had to choose, would you go with the Halo Fleet Battles uh, range to take into Billion Suns, or would you go with uh, Drop Fleet Commander? Um, uh, feel free to drop in other options there as well, guys. Or, about. or would you consider kit bashing? Oh, I have to space, say, like. Frigate, these sort of spaceships are a cool sort of project for kit, kit bashing. The, the yeah. Billion Suns Facebook group, which is massive, and because it's just launched, so people can get the rules, uh, there's an awful lot of activity there at the moment. But I saw a fleet the other day that somebody had made entirely out of plastic card and roll plugs. You know the plastic roll plugs you put in the wall to put screws mm-hmm. into? And they come yeah. from massive down to tiny. So yeah. the entire fleet uses those as the bodies. Wow. And it's either singles or maybe they've got two side by side, different side, and then use plastic card for fins and joints. And it looks amazing. And must <laughs> have cost pennies. <laughs> Literally pennies. It's genius. Yeah. genius really what's, cool. What's That's probably what I would do is just go and raid a hardware store somewhere and look for all the oh. weird looking bolts and things. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah, and then you, you, you could have like a one that's got bolts on either end for like a, a gravity producing bit and all. You, you can really go nuts as, as much as your as much as your heart desires and people are people are, are breaking out ready-made miniatures uh people have been 3d sculpting people have been 2d printing uh their stuff and also um somebody had what's had, 2d printing because if i said if i said printing <laughs> if i said printing ships you'd automatically default to 3d these days uh, we would yeah top down views of, of ships they've designed uh so maybe like a stackable one out of a laser cut um mdf and, w- and when you know you put it together you build layer upon layer upon layer but because they're like you know one to nine thousand scale or whatever it is yeah they look amazing it looks like a, a fleet so i tell you what for any yeah. of you guys um uh, at home that have uh, fired up your 3d printers this is an ideal opportunity for you to actually f- create your first models yourselves um mm. in house many folk um out there start by buying a 3d printer and then they go to thingiverse and whatever and they just download and they print models where the real fun of 3d printing really starts to come in is whenever you start to actually create and print your own um objects and and models what is the 3D program that's pretty simple to use? Tinkercad. Tinkercad. Blendering and Tinkercad and also yeah. in fact. Blender, Blender's not particularly easy to use because it's starting to get into the more complex sort of side of things. But because you could build spaceships like this up out of primitives, 
mm-hmm. you know, squares, um, pyramids, pyramids, pyramids. All that sort of stuff. You yeah. could probably jump into Tinkercad and just sort of smush a load of those objects together and come up with something that's actually quite good. Yeah, at the end of it. And like I say, people people have been discussing all this and so much more in that Facebook group. So it's worth just if you're on Facebook, a billion sons, look it up because a few people have actually gone, I'm interested in starting. I literally, somebody posted that this morning as we filmed this, somebody posted, I've ordered a 3D printer. I want to start sculpting. What programs do I need? So they've got a 3D printer coming and have no experience. So already people have been going, well, you can use this, you can use that, which is the only I, reason I know those two programs. Is I, believe, uh, I believe someone's actually started a project inspired by Jerry's constant going on about a billion sons as well, uh, where they've been sort of um, playing around with things like 40k weapons and then attaching plastic card to them and turning them into vehicles and ships yeah. and all that kind of thing. So it's very, very cool seeing the creative yeah. things you can do with this. Spaceship building is one of the, the one of the easiest and the coolest um, uh, opportunities for us to do a little bit of um, uh, scratch built modeling and, uh, and the like. So, you know, Billion Suns, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to get a copy of it and get a game mm-hmm. of it. We also have a Tales of the Loop um uh, article as well ben yeah so um i've been getting into role playing quite recently and it's been very good especially with the whole idea of us having to play t- tabletop games via you know the internet and and uh and voice calls and stuff like zoom and that kind of thing so i thought i'd revisit um tales from the loop which we have reviewed in the past but i went back and sort of looked at tales from the loop and the start set that's available for it as well right now because i think um because it's so kind of light on bits and pieces that you need in order to play the game it's absolutely perfect for online role playing um, so if you're interested in getting in, getting into this kind of thing and role playing and maybe doing something a little bit like Stranger Things, for example, um, maybe uh, go and give Tales from the Loop a go. Give this a read and then follow some of the links and stuff we put down throughout the rest of the article because they go back and look back at um, some of the things we've done in the past, including, as I say, uh, a couple of free adventures for you to play through. Um, so some scenarios that have already been set up. And there's also something that was done by one of our community members, uh, which is a Harry Potter version of Tales from the Loop using the main mechanics for this and just for tweaking it for the kind of magical setting as well. So make sure to go and check that out and uh, give it a read because I think Tales from the Loop is one of those role-playing games that while a lot of people know, uh, I think it's one that would be a really, really good intro to people that have maybe not done it before in the past. Um, So go and check it out. Is based in the 1980s or just has 1980s aesthetic to it? Yeah, so it's based in the 1980s that never was, as they say. Mm. Uh, and uh, there, there is also a follow-up called Things from the Flood, which is set in the 90s where you play as teenagers as well. So and if it's set in the 80s, is it set in any particular part of the world? or There are three loop generators that were started in the 80s, and it was a different type of technology slash power. So one in Colorado. Uh, one in uh, Wolf Island in Sweden, and there was one somewhere in the UK, I think. Uh, and so, and so you've got this this idea that they switched these on, and things started going weird. Yes. So yeah. they they have this power source in the same way you get like steampunky type things. You have a power source that lets you do things you can't normally do. In this case, stumpy robots, uh, levitating mm-hmm. vans, things like that. But occasionally, you can also get stuff like people disappear, or people phase out of time, or dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yeah, you know, yeah. so oh, Blackpool. Then it sounds like Blackpool. Yes, yeah, so, Blackpool. <laughs> so, I, think, I think it's located in the in the the, the bar that's called Man Bar. Right. <laughs> Beside Man Bar, and this is no word of a lie, it has an adjoining nightclub called Growlers. Nice, <laughs> nice. So I yeah. I reckon if if it was going to be hidden in Blackpool anywhere, 
that would be it. That would be it. It, it would make sense. But uh, <laughs> realistically, while there, there's the information about the the three the generators in the books, you can set it wherever you want. You can do, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, it's, you can yeah. kind of go nuts. The the actual start set's a really good one because it comes, like all the basic mechanics and everything are all sort of in there. And there's only maybe two or three things that it doesn't have from the main rule book. Mm. The main thing that the rule book itself, the core rules, does try to like, take to the next level is it obviously allows you to make your own kids to play the game. And it also comes with much more in-depth background on the different um, elements of the loops in both Sweden and America as well. And there's also, I think there's four mysteries in the back of it that you can play through at the same time too. So it's really good. But the starter set is a really, really good place to start, as you might imagine. Um, and, yeah. it's, and I can vouch for the fact it's a lot of fun making your own kids. <laughs> well, yes, very true. <laughs> very, very true indeed. What's this is on Amazon Prime Video. Yes. That, it's got that its own a, TV series. Yeah, there yeah. was a TV snow. that. That's probably the only series of that TV show we will ever see. Yes. Uh, because yeah. <laughs> it was great and therefore people got very got very confused and cancelled yeah. it. Um so yeah, it's it is it's a world where you just play kids, so you don't need to be it doesn't need to be massive world changing events. Because mm -hmm. very rarely as a kid did we ever go out and do something that was massive and world changing. Yeah. Whereas, you know, trying to find a bogland that had been lost in a forest. That was different. Mm. Did that all the time. The main kind of thing, like the thrust behind it is a little bit like in Stranger Things. The adults don't believe you. They've got their own things going on. Your kids, everyone's been kids, you know, going out on their bikes and going to the park late at night and going up into tree houses and exploring woods and spying on the guy next door who you think is like a spy or something and that kind of thing. So that's the kind of world that they kind of bring to life you just here. summed your childhood up there in a few lines there ben didn't there you go, yeah. <laughs> maybe i did spy out the window and keep tabs on the neighbors <laughs> they don't know this but i am a nosy neighbor <laughs> well guys go and check it out and um uh, you can get uh, you can get ben's uh, thoughts on the matter right i'm going to jump ahead here boys to the most important part of the week it is of course Indie of the week. Love that bit. Reverb and echo really helps in that place. I know. I I, I, I look okay. forward to this so much. Just so as I can do that theme tune. Right. <laughs> Who's our indie of the week this week? Well, I'll, I'll let Jerry take it away because he has chosen this one once again. Jerry's got a wonderful list that we're working our way through at the moment. So. Weirdly, <laughs> I, have a, I have a list that I'm working my way through on the grounds that every month I just order stuff from somewhere. <laughs> <like that. laughs> Uh, so this one is Bronze Age Miniatures, mm -hmm. uh, which is a bit of a misnomer because people would look at that and go, it'll be full of Bronze Age then, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> you sweet summer child. Um, <laughs> it is full of some absolutely terrific fantasy, sci-fi, and theoretically historical models. Uh, uh, none of which I think are... That sounds uh, like my kind of historic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, only a few of which are actually Bronze Age. Uh -huh. um, so... Where are we at? You're you're looking at front page. Go up to the top, young fellow Malab Maladi book, uh, and bring us up the menu. There we are. There's the sidebar. Wow. So this is a much easier way to navigate things. Uh, I want to leave sci-fi to last because I'm like that. I want to tease you. Uh, but if you start with the Northmen, they are, as you might expect, uh, hairy woolly ones from Scandiwija. And mm. places, places north. Uh, and amongst them, you will find orky looking things, werewolves, elves, trolls, uh, outrageous barbarians. Uh, so the Northmen is sort of a, a fantasy take on it. These 
be very good for things like uh, Saga, for example, mm -hmm. Age for of Magic. Um, uh, but they're they're tremendously uh, beautiful sculpts, really nice detail on them, and they have this very what's it noble savage feel throughout this range of yeah. northmen they're all you know fur clad and uh, ready to go like bar barbarian female dwarves there you that's go. awesome that, 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 <laughs> that is, is how awesome that's how you start a show isn't it ben yeah it is <laughs> oh. <laughs> interestingly this is the range that was um that was picked by the guy who wrote um the ragnarok rules which <laughs> came out from osprey a couple of years ago now um, which kind of does that whole idea of like fantasy Viking myth and legend and that kind of thing. This was the range that was like, if you want miniatures for this, go and check out Bronze Age. I can understand why. Now, within this, you will hit a point where you do start finding more traditional looking Vikings. Yeah, because I was just looking at this going, oh, I could get some shield maidens out of this. You could get shield maidens. So not everything has been dialed up to 11. Uh, some of them are perfectly fine to fit into actual historical games. Um, yeah. You get a really nice range of of just character models. Oh, there. It's sculpts on these, Jerry. What are, it's? I really like this. Mm. Oh yeah, I, I, it's a delightful range. It really is, and and they they have that. There's a nice amount of um, of detail and realism in them, but also just a, a cleanness of the design. I suppose is is how I put it. If you want to get uh, get down and dirty with just washes and away you go you can do or if you just want to really lay into some interesting character models and heroes for your your factions or your games yeah they, they do the same there um you're still not even off page one of the northmen are no, you no, I'm not. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, need to, you need to stop opening every image um maybe maybe, Let's maybe just a bit more ask some of these the yes. thing is, Lloyd's actually doing his shopping um, live on the show, time. so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there we go. There's well, cat people. Bad. I know cat people are... are Where? People are... Uh, oh, yeah. The Kotair cat people. They're fans for people who play that... Um, what's it? It's Morrowind, but it's not Morrowind. Oh, yeah. Khajiit's in Skyrim and Elder Scrolls. That's, yeah. that's it, yes. Yeah. that That's the one. Yeah. So I know cats have uh, sort of appeared. People have looked... To get their hands on them i know people have even asked some companies just to start sculpting cat heads uh so actual anthropomorphic felines in a more human-sized scale rather than just you know yeah uh, animal sort of birds and badgery type thing um is unusual to see they also have well you, you know it also gives you a perfect opportunity to go i am live mm. and i I'm not a cat. That is true. <laughs> uh, now we're starting to hit some oh, of the actual Northmen. I could get some of berserkers out of this. You, uh -huh. you could get berserkers out of this. Like oh, look at that dude there with the hammer. Where? Oh, this one. Yeah. Oh, and there's oh, and then there's dragon men too. Yeah. Man, I forgot how cool these miniatures actually were. <laughs> See, I've never, I've never seen Ragnarok on the inside, so I didn't realize that he'd use these miniatures. Yeah, um, one of the things he they said. Um, when the book first came out was that you could use kind of like the the blood rage stuff from the board mm. game to kind of yeah. like kick things yeah. off but he was like if you want to pick up some proper old school you know proper metal in many respects um miniatures go and check out these guys do you want to push on into historical Quirty, quirty <laughs> history, history in the loosest sense in the loosest <laughs> yeah. sense but again we here we do actually have some bronze bronze age figures though because we do have uh some greeks mm -hmm. uh, a lot of greeks and a nice a, a, not just Greeks, but I like that um, Wonder Woman Greek, yeah, sort of Amazonian <laughs> style. Yeah, yeah that, that one. That, that. that literally Wonder Woman. <laughs> um, 
yeah, again, beautiful sculpts. Blurs the line, obviously, because, you know, historical slash fantasy. Um, there are a nice set of gladiators in here as well. Yeah. Um, trying to find decent gladiators can be tricky. There's, Very true, there's, actually. Because um, I know this because I was looking for like, a keep of them. You think I'm big enough? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, uh, well, I can see them. Yeah. So I mean, you've got things like there's some Greeks there that look like they've been posed based on the Troy the game. 32 GRK9. Mm. There's a catchy name. <laughs> <laughs> I he's, think he's, I'll he's, call him Wolfbo. Oh, I love that dude that you were just on. He looks amazing. Yeah, this guy. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Oh, that's a Spartan. Proper Spartan. Yeah. He always had cool. The guy with the bow looks a bit Spartan esque with that beard. He does, yeah. He should not have a bow. Bad Spartan. <laughs> uh, there's even there's even Picts in there and some more Viking. There's types. Wonder Woman's mother. Uh, that's who that is. That's, <laughs> that's your woman from House of Cards. Could be. Oh, you can tell by the muscles in the arm. So nice. Well, there you go. Some shield maidens and stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like thirty-two uh, Vic M ten. That's just class. He bears an uncanny resemblance to a friend of mine, Dave, as well. <laughs> it was black rather than that sort of gingery brown thing going on there. He would just look an awful lot like Dave. I think he reminds me of Nack Chak, who um, uh, volunteers on the IT side behind the scenes. For <laughs> so, Nack Chak during a metal concert. Yeah, so. that's very true. If you skip on down to lore. Uh-huh. Um, Ooh. mostly because it keeps the the bronze age of greek theme but this time we introduce oh man centaurs yeah more historically accurate stuff more what? historically accurate stuff <laughs> could you use those for uh mortal gods mythic that'd be uh, excellent yeah. yep and there's not just centaurs this is where the rest of the gods reside uh, and demigods people who are not quite as god as your god so yeah. we've got you know hercules is in there and um perseus as well freya Frigga. Odin. Mm. Thor with and without helm. Yeah. Now, the Thor with helm looks not dissimilar to the Thor from uh, Kung Fury. My pecs <laughs> approve. <laughs> it just looks like that. Yes. What yeah. age is it? It's the age of the Vikings. That explains the laser raptors then. You know, <laughs> perfectly historically accurate. But again, beautiful. And I mean, that Perseus with the head of the Gorgon is a stunning model. That is really just cool. to paint, not not even for a game, just you know, just to have yeah. a, a a mini a, like a diorama on a forty mil base. Bam, there you go. Very you cool. don't need any more than that. Yeah. That is lovely. I'll be I'll be returning after the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful aesthetic to these. Love them. Man, those are some. I didn't even realize they did the gods until now. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. Can we click into the fantasy section just to have a wee look around? Fantasy section is all the barbarians you ever want. It's very Frazetta, uh, Elmore-esque. So mm -hmm. everybody's everybody's in furs with massive weapons and sometimes helmets. Um, <laughs> and, and they, but I mean, you've got that slain. Oh, look at 32 bar 21. Uh, lady, I love that yep. many. Looks like the... Um, uh the woman that helps conan in conan the barbarian I yeah can't remember. yeah very cool yeah but i mean you've got that throughout and not just the not just the conan-esque but you've also got slain appears a couple of times bar three it looks like marilyn manson uh has joined the, the <laughs> but, but again uh, but but that's you look at that and you go 
could be a human barbarian. Could be an elf barbarian. Yeah, it could. Oh, be. Don't, yeah. don't see enough feral elves about these days. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. So more of that, please. Yeah. But the barbarian yeah. section is a, it's a hefty section. Uh, although you will start heading some that we've already seen because there's a bit of a catch-all, yeah. So there's some yeah. of the centaurs and the like again. But but there's some unusual headed knights. <laughs> are they just, just wearing helmets, or are they actually some oh, sort of well, weird got, animal? Reverse centaurs. Yeah. <laughs> reverse centaurs, yeah. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. How weird and creepy is that? Man, those are cool. Um, uh, I, I think it's worth um it's worth pointing out that um the 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 Greek kind of centauri kind of range mm-hmm. um is thirty-two CNT for if you can distract yourself long enough to scroll down slightly past them, we'll start heading the Viking Dragor and Slavic Dwarves. If you want some oh. Polish Dwarves. I like them skelly Vikings. Oh my God. The guy with the 32 DWF13 is amazing. This, this yes. is why that's why I don't like people seeing what I've picked before we go in. Because it's wow. just so much more fun. This, this guy. Yeah, yeah, how cool is that? That's I don't amazing. I don't what think a, you're I don't think you're carrying Lloyd with you on that one. He what a lovely <laughs> droopy mustache. <laughs> I think the Slavic dwarves are absolutely stunning. There's just one smoking a pipe somewhere and he just looks great. Because yeah. he just looks like he doesn't care. <gasps> yeah. Board yeah. Yeah. No, there he is, yeah. DW uh, 32 DWF2 is amazing as well. <laughs> the character on the face, if you can go back to DWF2 or whatever. Um, yeah, Where 32 DWF2. The guy is just looking straight at you and he's just going, You're a dick, son. You know, you can just <laughs> tell me. <laughs> the, the, the thing that I like about these is we looked at Heresy Lab's current Kickstarter a few weeks ago for the old world. Yeah, you have got a range of Kislevite, Hazar, Polish-esque fantasy miniatures, but they're all humans. Mm-hmm. And being able to then add these dwarves who would fit perfectly with them to make <laughs> little war bands and stuff would, I think, be terrific. I liked my pipe and I liked my rifle. Oh, there's three pages of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You just you can't go on forever. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, but if you do oh, skip wow. on. It just keeps. It's just. Yeah. It's just incredible. Say, the little dioramas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, especially the thief creeping down uh, there. No, I think that is just the model you're getting. I think. I think. I think. Um, but they do other bits and pieces on the last page of fantasy stuff. There's um, creepy stuff in chests and stuff, things, but also some more dragar and werewolves. Yeah. I do yeah. like me a good werewolf. There's the dwarves, a comprehensive range of dwarves and tavern dwarves and selling dwarves and fighting dwarves. Oh, Next there's a <laughs> pen up dwarves. Frank, z- z- Frank, Frank, who? Frank Zafreta? Frank Frazetta. Frazetta. Yeah, oh, very, yeah, very much. They would be on the cover of one of those. Hey, more skellies. So, Argonauts, skelly bobs. So, there you go. Your Greek skeletons in Greek armor. Hmm. They're all getting ready to do the javelin. So. Yeah, I, those those would immediately be agreeable to place with spears. <laughs> just saying, but yeah. that's cool. just me. Yeah, a page three, you, you can't go without having a look at the the remaining sort of fun dead undead stuff. Oh, mate! 
which is you know kind of almost what we were talking about yeah on last week's xlbs mm-hmm. so if you missed the sunday show you missed out mm-hmm. love this and the the where well, we'll have a look at the werewolves before we finish on sci-fi i think yeah otherwise Lloyd will have opened every image not every image they're big images they deserve it <laughs> oh, two man. werewolves kung fu oh, fighting oh. huh there's a were pig there's a, a, a war boar were porn see i i find werewolves often really really hard for sculptors to get right but i think they've got a lot of the proportions right for mm. quite a few of these which is good yeah yeah sculptors are usually quite wary of them <laughs> 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 Get out of here. Oh, poor Lloyd. <laughs> His only crime was wanting to make people smile. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, we, shall move, awesome. we shall move on to fun or to sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because um, okay. sci-fi is not exactly a small one either, but there's a lot going on. So I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want to cut it short. So right off, you, you have to open all of that top row. Open. Yeah, uh-huh. they have to be open. So some form of space gremlin who have, I don't know, some sort of magical <laughs> powers. Army, man. <laughs> tiny, a tiny side. Now, I'm not saying I was here looking at these with a view for Stargrave, but <laughs> if, if there was a game called Stargrave coming in the not-too-distant future, it would not be said that I would not not have bought some of these already and be waiting for them. <laughs> oh, man. Total faction, man. That's just awesome. Yeah, oh, it really is. Huh, oh, cool. We're in the Mandalorian stuff. Oh, I love it. I think that's all one big group. Is that a, is that a package deal? That's that's a full set. Set. Yeah, the, yeah. It's the I don't have to click multiple buttons set, which I'm all for. I'm a huge fan of not having to click multiple buttons when it comes to throwing money at people. <laughs> There's a lot to be said for it. I'm just saying more. So yeah, so that's 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 a short start to sci-fi with a little that. a little bit of fun and whimsy and goblins in space. They get a rum deal most of the time, being used as you know shields yeah. by big stupid whereas i'm fairly certain that they do not take any guff from anybody <laughs> so Absolutely. light side dark side or and the, the middle yeah, one there is a very gremlin kind of a look to it doesn't yeah it? yeah he's got the little spike hair well yeah, yeah. <laughs> love it nice um then we move on to uh i suppose a more sci-fi yeah sci-fi look a more com- conventional sci-fi feel i suppose where you have these these guys in their Ooh. space suits and their weaponry and some of them are sort of some of them would be nice to just use as um survivors in a horror game yeah so there so yeah you could see them up against the walking dead and hazmat suits paint them up mm-hmm. like hazmats Absolutely. rather than actual uh some form of environmental suit I yeah suppose. yeah um, I've seen these on some other website. Someone else was selling this range, I think, and they looked really cool. I was definitely thinking about a Star Wars Legion for these, a bit of a another sort of offshoot of sand people sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it, the thing is, you have that whole outer rim area of yeah. Star Wars. Just, you can bring anything from the outer rim. You know, exactly. So I'm looking That's at some funk. of the Star Wars pre-paints at the moment, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I had thought, uh, I'll talk a little bit about it on the XLBS this week, but mm. um, I'm pretty sure that I'm also going to do the same treatment to some old AT43 models that I have oh, nice. and bring them in from the outer rim, um, uh, just into my Star Wars games. So. Oh, definitely. It's the way to go. So here we move into what I think is the more interesting part of this fantasy. And yes, you're going, interesting. You've already shown me Goblin Jedi in space. Yes. <laughs> 
this is familiar. This Space is John Washbuckling. <laughs> this is John Carter from Mars. There yeah. is John Carter, and there are the residents of Basum, uh, and they have all flavors of Martians. So that would be well, I suppose those would be the red Martians, um, and then we also have the green Martians. You'll see later on the, the multiple armed green aliens. But uh, if anybody's a fan of of Edgar Rice Burroughs' books. Um, I know Modifius have released an RPG. I think they said at one stage they were going to do miniature game as well. But they were going to. I don't yeah. know if that's ever surfaced. Whereas here Probably you not. have them. <laughs> here it is. And, and, yeah. and right off the bat, going, you know, playing Stargrave and landing on Mars and having the various animals, because these are these all come straight out of out of the various uh, books like Warlords of Mars and, and the like. Just you can just do them all. And they look terrific because they have that incredibly pulp look to them. So, so these are the green Martians. So this this allows you to play your two factions. You play your your red Martians against your green Martians. Very cool. And these, I mean, they are massively, massively distinctive. But yeah, at the same time, I'm surprised we haven't seen more people. To, as far as sci-fi goes, this is one of the oldest sci-fi. Oh, it's a classic intellectual properties that exists, and yet rarely seen. And then Hollywood got the rights to make a movie and made a very it's actually not a bad movie but they marketed it so poorly it did terribly uh, um, right. and that's I why it died. It, yeah yeah it, it was a good film and not a bad representation of the book and yet because hollywood decided they took from of of mars away from the title so it's not john carter of mars it was just john carter and then people yeah. just went what's that Something like <laughs> something like Carter the Unstoppable Sex Machine because it was like a biopic because <laughs> I didn't like his music. Are the are the are the Green Martians taller than the regular Red Martians? Yes, yeah. yes, they are. I would so assume a, so. But... A, a Red Martian slash human comes up to about the first set of arms, right? Because uh, there would be a head so, there normally rather yeah. than a torso. Yeah, so uh, so they they stand roughly a head taller. Cool. Um, and miniature wise they do about the same so as they say um those are actually 54 mil in size compared to the humans wow. 30, 32 mil so oh, for a, a skirmish game like wow stargrave i mean yes being able to just play out small games on the tabletop mm. and in a big martian city on a red planet i think yeah. this would look amazing oh cool space dogs yeah <laughs> There they are. Oh, 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 wow. That's amazing. I love yeah. those. They are great. They are great. It's those just, are brilliant. It's just a, overall, it's just a, a terrifically comprehensive set of sci-fi miniatures. Well, Jerry, wow. you did it again, my man. Right, guys, that was uh, Bronze Age Miniatures. I can imagine that there'll be a little bit of a rush on uh, Yoda armies uh, now. <laughs> I don't, they can rush away all they want. Mine's already being shipped. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that shit you love. It's the Muck News. <laughs> so, diving into the news, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, some board game stuff to begin with. Uh, but some miniature previews from the guys at Archon Studio who have been putting together the sort of like first look at what we're going to be getting for Masters of the Universe, Fields of Eternia, the board game. <laughs> So if you're interested in diving back into the retro-ness of He-Man, 
then you'll be able to pick up this game and, of course, get your sands on some awesome-looking miniatures from the guys at Archon. Um, so far, they've shown off four miniatures for this. Um, obviously, we have seen um, some miniatures by them already uh, done as mounted versions, which uh, Jerry has unboxed and that kind mm. of thing in the past, which are pretty cool. Um, but the, so far, as you can see, we've got He-Man there. And, of course, Skeletor. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Banglas. Um, so if you're looking for uh, a good rivalry, then of course you've got Human Skeletal there, which is pretty awesome. Alongside um, those two main characters, we've also got some of uh, Skeletor's minions. So we have Trapjaw, who, oh. as far as I can remember, is the only He-Man toy I ever had. Oh. I never had anyone else, but I had Trapjaw. So there oh. we go. And he was fun because he had a working jaw on the back of his head. Which was cool. So there you go. Uh, as well as that, we've also got Beastman as well uh, with the whip at the ready. Um, so if you're looking to dive into um, this game in the future, should be coming to Kickstarter pretty soon, so keep an eye out for that one. The miniatures, as you can see, are looking great. And um, yeah, if you're interested in the quality of these kind of things, then you can go back and check out the unboxings and stuff, mm. which we have linked there and will be down below in the show notes. So you can go and see what uh, the mounted version of He-Man and Skeletor are like on Sweet. their appropriate... Are the map. ones we unboxed finals, or is that... Yep. They are special pre-edition or preview versions of the miniatures yes. that have unique rules in game. So the mounted Skeletor, mounted He-Man. I don't know if they were limited. I was thinking especially they, they are limited. Yes, um, they may reappear when it hits Kickstarter, but otherwise, if you get them now, then they will work in the board game as well as being just nice mounted versions. So, well, yeah. what were they? The ones that we had were they resin or plastic or or what? <clears> it's uh, hmm, it's an interesting question. It's not hard plastic. It's not hips plastic. Uh, I think they're more akin to resin, but there's a robustness. I think I spent some time pushing Skeletor's staff and stuff around, seeing whether or not I could break it on camera. Uh, and I didn't, so well done me. Um, but at the same time, that it's 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 not as brittle as full-on resin. It's not as flexible as the sort of the PVC plastic that you get for board game pieces. It sits nicely in between. You get a good level of detail on them. Uh, they were pre-assembled like as well, weren't they? Pre-assembled when they arrived, yeah. So it's it's so I think that's the plan for the the board game pieces for the Kickstarter as well. So good compromise between durability and detail. The two versions that should be available at the moment over on their web store because I think they did because uh, I think He Man and Skeletor are probably sold out by now in terms of the mounted versions. Mm. But I think they they also did Shira and Lord Hisk or Hiss as well. So yeah. if you're interested in picking up um, Shira and a man riding a dinosaur strapped on, well, with uh, <laughs> like ro uh, rockets strapped to its body, then uh, you can go check those out as well. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Nice. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on from He Man and uh, retro sci fi, we're going to be heading to the world of wild west exodus and checking out another of their new posse sets which were available to buy this weekend mm -hmm. um so if you're looking to go and pick these up and you can do now uh this is going to be sort of looking at the cerulean clade which is uh one of the slightly more quirky and weird additions to an already weird and fascinating game uh in this set you get everything you need to get going with these so you've got the cerulean prime the cerulean nightmare which you can see at the back there sort of like a twisted mm. alien figure you've also got two cerulean vixens one of which may be very familiar to people who know memes uh, and then there are also five Cerulean infiltrators who, uh, as a lot of people have said, look like sci-fi Oompa Loompas. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, so. no. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're better than that. 
Did you ever play the game Destroy All Humans? I did, yeah. 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 Aren't the little Ceruleans just that alien from Destroy All yeah. Humans? Yeah. Which is and, amazing. Uh, uh, killing all the cows. Burnt, set yes, the, yeah. setting the cows on fire with your lasers all the time, which yeah. I'm all for. And yes, Giorgio's circulus there is just great. <laughs> I don't know him from memes, but I'm a big fan of ancient yeah. aliens. Mm. Is that, like the wax aliens are some of the best sort of greys you'll ever find. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So what are uh, they doing? Are they morphing these people into... Things yeah, so the up. vixens are the ones that they kind of uh, blend in with society and try and sort of, you know, work out all the secrets of humanity and yeah. that kind of things. So. I, have a, I have a wonder if they're supposed to be some sort of uh, like a hollow suit or whatever, because you can see that sort of uh, jigsaw pattern hexing on them as if the alien is rippling. Yeah, I, yeah. I it's either it's either like a hollow suit or that's their like skin that changes. Mm. Either way would be cool. But, oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I don't know, Giorgio. Like, like, was it like Mystique skin? The way it does all that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it does Rippling. ripple and then somebody, yeah. yeah. Then Senator. So. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. You put me in the mood, man. I'm, go- I'm going to grab my Mars Attacks army now. <laughs> <laughs> Burn some cows, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, sticking with sci-fi, uh, we also had some news from the guys at Ravensburger who are putting together a new board game that was previewed this week. Um, mm. So Aliens is like a big thing at the moment. Um, everything's coming back to that. It's going to be on Disney Plus soon. So don't you watch, so watch out for that. You know, we're going to have a new fancy version of Aliens with all the graphics updated and that kind of thing. And what does that mean, Ben, if Aliens is on Disney Plus? What does that mean for the Aliens? New version with all the graphics. Well, it it means the Alien Queen is now a Disney princess. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what it means. I set you up, Ben, but Jerry knocked it back. (laughs) (laughs) We're a partnership. That's why we're the Tasty Boys. That's (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, uh, Ravensburger's new board game uh, is going to be for one to five players called Fate of the Nostromo, um, set during the events of the first film. And the idea is that you're going to be playing cooperatively as the characters from the film and the crew of the Nostromo, trying to gather resources and uh, complete certain objectives in order to survive. Um, what the thing, one of the things they've, really, they've talked about already with this is that each of the different characters are going to be very unique and they play in different ways and they have their own asymmetrical powers, which is always a big bonus. And on top of that, the, um, the final sort of scenario that you have to complete is going to be one of five. So there's going to be something different for you to do each time you dive in and play the game, which also sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, as you might imagine, the alien is stalking around the ship looking to cut you into pieces. Uh, and so uh, they've put together like an interesting sort of morale mechanic where if that ever drops to zero because you're all terrified and who wouldn't, there's a xenomorph about, uh, then you can uh, lose the game that way, which is pretty cool. Um, they've also said that they're going to put in an additional mechanic. Uh, so you can add Ash into um, the, uh, the game and he will throw even more spanners into the works as you might imagine he wouldn't mm. do so yeah lovely they're, they're missing filthy they're, hobbits is, is they're, that mi- <laughs> yeah. they're, they're missing one of the crew though they are well they are missing a couple of members of the crew there's only uh some of them there uh they may oh, do they some more in expansions couple. so uh yeah it's only a couple of them that they've put together because they're missing the cat as well <laughs> you never know maybe there'll be a pre-order cat you laugh yeah. I thought you meant cat from Red Dwarf. Sorry, no. <laughs> just completely off on another one. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would be amazing to add into aliens. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just like you knew, Elin Queen, last time we met, I was wearing a little black number with gold sparkles <laughs> and pitch trim. This is a completely different one. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's IP we need to cross-fertilize, guys. Oh, very much so. Arnold <laughs> Versus the alien queen. <laughs> but you're laughing. That cat had more screen time than most of the actors. 
Very that is true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right, what's next, Ben? Uh, so next up, we're going to get uh, historical. And uh, the team at Sarosa Precision have been putting together a couple of new model kits that are going to be very helpful for those who are going to be setting up tabletop games in warmer climates. Um, so this is going to be called the Mediterranean Terrain Series, which means that it'll be available for sort of setting up uh, tabletops in Italy during World War II, for example, and Spain and that kind of thing. And the but, Mediterranean. Uh, yeah, wait, uh, and the rest of the Mediterranean as well. <laughs> but they've also talked about the fact that this could be very useful for those building things over in the Caribbean mm-hmm. as well. So obviously, a lot of the people who went over to the Caribbean during that time period, sort of the 16th, 17th century, brought along their architecture in order to build all their different towns and villages and ports and that kind of thing. So it works perfectly for those people maybe playing games like Blood and Plunder and that kind of thing. Um, the The kits, I think they said there's going to be like 50 or 60 kits by the time this is all put together, which is pretty awesome. Uh, but there's a fantastic range on the way. And as you can see, it looks really nice. Um, very sort of stylistic buildings that are very sort of um, fitting to the period, which I think is really cool. But also timeless in a way, which I think is quite nice. Hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, it'll be really fun to see what else they do beyond. It's an odd-looking Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> way down uh, south of the border down yeah. dublin way <laughs> uh, but as well as the uh, sort of buildings and the train kits that you've seen there uh, they've also started to look at expanding their world war one range um, uh-huh. so they came out with a uh, plane kit a couple of weeks ago mm. uh, but this weekend we're going to be seeing the introduction of this new riverboat as well uh, and hopefully a couple more bits and pieces for world war one as well last uh, week was the plane one and this is the fancy one yeah <laughs> yes <sighs> yes yeah. Uh, you but, could combo these all quite nicely if you use that with your Mediterranean set. You could do some stuff around the coast during the Spanish Civil War. Yeah. So yeah. I want the boat because I want to stick Popeye on it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's ripe for kind of like pulp adventure. And stuff Somebody's like that. already done that in our project system, Warren. Have they? There, there's. It's not Popeye, but there's a, a one of the Ceresa boats that looks like this. That's multiple levels with huge, you know, interior. You, yeah. and left the side off and done all Tintin. Oh, very cool. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. It could be like a wee small version of a Thunderchild as well if you want to do War of the Worlds. That is true. <laughs> a tiny version of Thunderchild. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. one, one that would actually fit on your on your desktop. Well, yeah, true. Or on your tabletop. Yeah. Um, so moving on from sort of historical stuff and, mm-hmm. and uh, the 28 mil kits that they're doing at Sarissa, uh, we also got some news of a new uh, campaign source book coming out from Wizards of the Coast for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, so they had a massive hit with um, Curse of Strahd uh, a couple of years ago now. Everyone was really diving back into that and loving the setting. And so what they've done is they've put together a new campaign source book where they've kind of reworked and tweaked a couple of things to create just the Ravenloft setting in general. So this is going to come with a bunch of new stuff in it for both dungeon masters and players so on the dungeon master side of things they've got rules in there for making your own version of a dark lord so if you didn't want to play with your you know heroes going up against strad you could make your own version of a dark lord demonic vampiric or whatever you like and you can also set up their domain and the way in which they control it a little bit like how um sort of like um uh, dens and stuff are controlled by monsters in fifth edition and that kind of thing, but on a wider scale, which is pretty cool. Um, as well as that, that obviously means there's going to be new monsters. So if you want more horror themed miniatures, they, uh, miniatures and monsters, they're going to be doing that as well, which is pretty awesome. And there's also going to be a full adventure in there 
Um, so if you want to dive in and just play that straight away to get you know used to the world of Ravenloft, then you can do that too. On the player side of things, there's going to be a bunch of new magical items and spells and all that kind of thing. But there's also going to be some new stuff for people building stuff with backgrounds set within Ravenloft, which is good. And new subclasses for the Bard and the Warlock. So the Bard gets the College of Spirits. Uh, which makes sense with all the undead going around mm. and the warlock gets the undead pact so if you want to tie yourself to cause some kind of lich or something that you can do that as well um really nice to see them doing more source books and that kind of thing now everything's been sorted on the dragon lance front i'm hoping they're going to do that next that would be cool uh now everything's sort nice. of like died down that would be cool but yeah very nice here's yeah. hoping i wonder i wonder if um what's his name sunstrider the the gold elf vampire who ended up in ravenloft has got a Jader, Jader no. Sunstar, something like that. You never know. They do like revisiting a lot of the old sort of classic stuff in these uh, source books. So maybe. maybe just because it's nice for people to run into, you know, a nice one. There's nice, lovely elf things. Uh, it turns out it's a vicious, evil monster. On <laughs> <laughs> like the topic a... of vampire kind of stuff, <laughs> Warhammer Quest. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, doing that route, and I mean, it is looking really, really good. I, I when I saw this um, previewed for well, the preview for Warhammer Quest Curse City last week, I was like, oh, oh dear, you've dragged me back in. God damn it! This is the splurge <laughs> session from Saturday. Uh, yes, this really is where like when have a look at all I? the things. <laughs> um, so um, we'll go on to more news later on, but the main event was Warhammer Quest Curse City where they dived in and they showed off all of the new character models, all of the new villains, and a bunch of extra stuff for the game as well. So they've introduced your range of different characters, which look at um, different elements of the um, mortal realms that maybe you've not looked at previously. For example, there's no Stormcast Eternal in here, which is always mm -hmm. a nice thing to see. So you've got Emelda Braskov there, you've got Gario Van Alten III, who a lot of people think is like a noble from the Cursed City, who's now looking for revenge. You've got Jelson Darok there, who was one of the characters we saw when this was first previewed. He was so much of a, a sort of like evil witch hunter that the... <laughs> The, the Cult of Sigmar actually kicked him out. He was that uh, <laughs> that dangerous. Uh, you've got Dagny Holdenstock, who sort of brings another one of the Duarden into the mix, looking very cool and flamboyant, bringing in a lot of the kind of classic Dwarven stuff alongside some Kradron Overlord things, which is nice. So sort of like a mix between the two. You've got Quilathis the Exile, which kind of does your sort of Wood Elf style thing, which is really nice. I believe we looked at that in a, a, a news article mm. not too long ago as well. Uh, and then there's a couple of sort of spellcasters. So you've got Octran Glimscry, uh, which is looking amazing. I love the kind of skull mask thing mm. going on. Very mysterious, very interesting. And I love the fact that the silhouettes are all very different for these different characters. Um, so you've got some really nice sort of um, uh, uniqueness amongst all of those. Uh, and then you've got Cleona Zietingale, always another caster as well oh, yeah. thrown into the mix looking fantastic clearly out there to hunt vampires with those stakes in a belt and then possibly one of the coolest models from the set is brutog corpse eater who is an ogre <gasps> eats corpses and a lot of people will probably recognize that shoulder pad is very reminiscent of some very old warhammer uh, going on in the background there yeah. so, i'm yeah. just impressed he's not fat <laughs> exactly yeah how they've not gone for the big bloated guys anymore how long has it been since they've not done a morbidly obese <laughs> ogre exactly yeah you think um, he would be the fat one if he runs around eating corpses I imagine there's not much much meat left on the bone <laughs> that's the problem there it's yeah. mostly bone and gristle yeah um, he likes <laughs> 
Yeah, he, he likes the jerky. That's the way mm. he goes. Um, talking of ogres, um, the main villain of the piece is an ogre as well, called oh. Radukar the Wolf, who is the vampire saviour of the cursed city of Ulfenkarn. Um, but um, little did the nobles know that he was going to supplant himself as the ruler. And when the Necroquake happened, he rose to power and took over the city and has turned it into his own sort of vampiric cattle yard, effectively, for him to bleed the citizens, citizens dry in more ways than one, uh, as you might imagine. That's a fascinating take. Not just the fact that it's a vampire, but it's an ogre vampire. Yes. <laughs> and it's an ogre vampire from somewhere grim up north. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you'll see more of that in some of the different villains that they showed off for this mm. as well. Um, so we have a couple more of the kind of main characters. So there's Torgilius the Chamberlain, who's been sort of previewed before as well. This is the guy who knew the secrets of how to um, sort of enlong the life of the vampires under Radhakar. And so has been sort of like found himself into like a the center circle within the, the court as well. And now sort of walks around the streets talking to the vermin and that kind of thing. Uh, very nice, interesting sorcerer there. Uh, we also have Watch Captain Halgrim, who uh, tried to side with um, Radukar and the saviors of Ulfenkarn when uh, everything was going to pot. And his own men hated him so much that they tied him up and threw him into the sewer where he promptly died, um, oh. only to be risen back by Torgilius and Gorslav, who we'll see in a second, in order to serve as the head of the Ulfen Watch within the city. Looking amazing. Really cool silhouette there. Uh, then we have Gorslav, the gravekeeper, another miniature we've seen before, um, who wanders around the graveyards of the city, uh, bringing the dead back to life to serve under Radhakar with that really fantastic-looking tomb axe, tomb axe spade thing going on. Very interesting. Like an ace of spades. Yes. Yeah. Um, reminds me very much of Bloodborne, the video game, if anyone's played that. Very cool. Um, then we have a monstrous a beast. Del Toro look. Yes, yeah. there is a Del Toro look to all of this, which is it's really the good. eyelessness, the yes. thin, thinness, and then eyeless. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, we then have a monster with the Varg Skier, uh, which is kind of like the Mortal Realms sort of. Uh, glam up of a Vargulf, if you remember those from uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles, sort of a weird, twisted beast showing off what happens when the vampires get too bestial. Uh, so, really awesome to see those returning. Then we have a bunch of the kind of like rank and file stuff. Uh, so, I wasn't, I was a bit, I wasn't, I didn't think they could ever make an undead model worse than the ghouls. <laughs> their skulls balanced on the hair of their back, yeah. and then they came out with these. Now, you see, I was like, they're interesting. I don't really get those. But then I heard the backstory behind them, and I was like, I can see why they've done it. Is so the apparent... Can I guess the backstory? Yeah, go and then you can, you can tell me if I'm close. Yeah. So there's an undead finishing school, and instead of bouncing hooks <laughs> on their heads to make sure they poise and walk completely upright, instead they have to balance crap on their backs so they're always <laughs> stripped. Alas, that isn't... Because it is odd. I'm, I'm trying to work through it here. All I can think is that they've been staked to their own tombs or something. Or, that, that is exactly it. So the dead of the cursed city obviously don't stay dead. And so the people who bury people within the Ulfen uh, Khan will hammer the grave stones or the grave markers through the bodies in order to try and keep them underground. But obviously that hasn't worked. And yeah, they have risen up there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think they look okay. I mean, they're not my favorite models from the set, but I'm happy to see them do something a little bit different with zombies. Um, 
maybe it'll be nice to see some people sort of tweak these and take the graves off their back and play oh, around God, with yes. them, that kind of thing. But, uh, but they're never going to kill anybody, these zombies. Because zombies shuffle yeah. along. Yeah. Well, some zombies shuffle along and they get speedy ones, but these ones are going to be just so slow. Yeah, the fact that they can't they can't raise their heads up to attack you. They come forward and then like a like an old blind dog trying to go out a window. But I they know just what keep bumping into them. I I I there's a distinct um uh, uh, kind of like a uh, a marker of this lack of aerodynamicness. They got the same dude that made them luminef. <laughs> The big weird helmets that aren't aerodynamic. Just, just you wait, Warren. They got two D. So it's like, I mean, horror. although based based on the way they were buried, then they were buried lengthwise, and then the headstone was not put at the head of the grave, but put in the middle, sideways on, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to see that and see the length of the, their coffin. They don't so bury just, them the way we do, Jerry. They, they don't. They, they could be fun if you built a table that was deep. And you could literally pop them in. Just, <laughs> just have the out. headstones. When, when you're wandering through, just pop them out of their graves. Right. Cool. <laughs> I'm a zombie. <laughs> that would work. That one off. Um, beyond the uh, dead walker zombies, as they're called, we also have the Olfen Watch, who are the um, people this that now right. serve under Watch yep. Captain Halgrim. Everyone was basically like, oh my God, has Lloyd seen these? These yeah, will be amazing. Lloyd, Lloyd has seen these, and Lloyd is amazed by these. Lloyd does <laughs> like these. These are Viking Rust Skeleton. Yes, that's what they, they basically kind of are. I love the easterny look to them. I love the fact there isn't a bat wing in sight. Mm-hmm. Shields are all right. <laughs> They're <laughs> a little, little, little elaborate for my liking, but you know, overall, I do dig these a lot. Mm. None of, um, none of them have a gravestone stapled to the back of their face. True. That's yeah. it. Not one. Uh, it it yeah. just goes to show they can do it. I mean, those, those exactly. look superb. That, yeah. that yeah. set with the captain are beautiful. Absolutely mm. beautiful miniatures. Yeah. Yeah, the captain's um, way up here. I'm going to go get him again because they kind of all sit together as a group then. Yeah. Like, if but they yeah. did this separate box set, I would have had this ordered. They might do in the future. They did kind of a couple of smaller box sets when uh, Blackstone Fortress Blackstone, come yeah. out. So uh, let check out that. Um, sticking with uh, Look sort of like... There. Look, he's even got the mask. Oh, he has, yeah. <laughs> I like the really kind of like lackadaisical standard bearer who's like, hey, yeah. guys. <laughs> Are you ready, Steve? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we also but have... But, uh, I, sorry, but I wouldn't paint them so uniform. I'd do my whole thing where I'd mix them all up again. And I wonder, would work, yeah. is it is it too much to try and draw a little stripe along each bit of ripped cloth? So does it look yes, like yes, it is too much work? Had Rather you than me. Work on it. Rather oh. you than me, I think. I'd, yeah. I'd be tempted to do that just as leather, because it'd be yeah. very easy to do as worn leather that started to rot away. Oh, it's just like we even have a tutorial all about that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of the rest of the monsters, so we've got the Viacos uh, Bloodborne, who are some of the vampires that have been unleashed by Radukar on the city to go and hunt down people to bring back to the court for them to drain their blood yeah. from. Really like these again. Uh, I mean, very foot on rock and hand on rock and hang off rock. But, <laughs> you know, looking good will sort of fit into the theme of the Cursed City, which would be really nice. Yeah. Then we have more ogres. So if you thought that ogres could be vampires, but nothing else, how about big zombie ghoul ogres called the Vircos Bloodborne, which are looking pretty awesome as well. The elite guard of Radukar, uh, who takes control of the city. So yeah, very nice. And then to finish things off, you couldn't do things... Uh, Rat's got a key. 
yeah yeah <laughs> you couldn't do things uh set within the uh sort of like an, an undead city without the addition of bat swarms and corpse rats uh, so if you're looking for the kind of initial enemies you'll be facing uh they've got those sorted as well they look a bit like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons because it was an episode where Mr. Burns became Fruit Batman. Yeah. And he had his big cape with tiny little spindly little legs. <laughs> and a big not, nose. Not seen that, but yeah. Um, I can see that. Yeah. Incoming COVID carriers. Um, so yeah, you've got your sort of like standard um, elements there, which is pretty cool. Um, all this is going to come as part of a larger boxed game, as you might imagine, for one request, which uh, is touted to be hours and hours and hours and hours and hours long, uh, which is always And nice that's just see. putting the minis together. And that's just putting <laughs> the minis together and painting them, yes. Uh, I did paint eventually everything for Silver Tower, so I'm kind of hoping I've got the, uh, the chutzpah to go through and paint everything for this, because they actually seem like they will paint up quite quickly. Uh, in the long run, especially with a lot of the contrast paints that they've got at the moment as well. Is this a board game? Then? That yeah. split with Lloydie, right? Yes, it's a board game, yes. To like give that. him those um, Viking Russ skeletons. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot else in it that, that that's as good as the Viking Russ. <laughs> so he's going to have to. He's going to have to. He's going to have to get Justin to do it. He's only one gum full enough. Have we that... seen? Because like the cover art, there's a picture of the the box or something floating around. that's not in this post, but it looks amazing. Uh, yeah, if you click on one of the li- if you one of the links up above, will take you to the Warhammer um, community page. It should do. Uh, and this unlike silver tower in the past this is set up to be more like blackstone fortress in that yes. you you have scenarios the scenarios are in envelopes you don't know what's going on until you get to the point where it tells you to open the envelope so it's more of a narrative playthrough it's more like warhammer quest unlike warhammer quest um, uh, it is towards the bottom of that article but if anyone wants to see all the different components they can go and check it out but yeah. there's like tiles and books and all kinds of things like that in addition to what they've done as part of the actual Warhammer Quest Curse City game they're also going to be doing a book alongside it by C.L. Werner who did some amazing stories back in the Warhammer the Old World uh, he did Matthias Thorman which is a fantastic story uh, and he's done some other bits and pieces as well uh, for like um the Skaven and, and and all sorts and Bruno the Bounty Hunter as well, a fantastic story there. He knows his dark fantasy, uh, and if he's writing a story for this, it's going to be really awesome. It also comes with a special character card in the back of the book, I believe, which will introduce another character for you to play as. So there's eight in the game already, but you can have another one. What's next? There's even more Age of Sigma because, as Lloyd was saying, it was a splurge. And as I say, Warren, you thought the Lumineth Realm Lords were gone? Surely they're not. Oh no! Oh, not not more, really. There are more. <laughs> this Which time around, they've got the kangaroo lizards wearing car hats, but uh, they're mounted on uh, the minotaurs uh, with mountains on their shoulders yeah. as some sort of cab on cab action. Uh, uh, okay, so, so last time it was kangaroos. Where have they taken? Oh. oh yeah. Oh. So yeah, this is. Um, so we've seen the character model for this before, but yeah. this is the non-special character version of that, which is just a. Uh, sort of standard hurricane spirit of the wind, as you can see there. Oh, well, that's one of the kangaroos now wearing a horny helmet. <laughs> Basically, yes. Uh, um, and yes, incre- impossible to put in a carry case, but there we go. Yes. Um, yeah. but we'll just we'll spin through these because we'll otherwise we will uh, build that 
into an ornamental hat and just wear it down to the game club. You could do that, really. <laughs> the way it narrows at the bottom, you could probably put it on one of the mountain minotaurs. Mm-hmm. On its head. Away you go. Do that. Okay. So we also got a, through these. Yeah, so we've got a couple of new special characters. So there's Elania and Elathor, which kind of uh, is very much a callback to Lord of the Rings and Eladan and, and Elra here. Is that uh, one mini? That is one mini. So it's one mini balanced on the back of another miniature that fight together as one. So, yes. Which oh. I'm sure will make some people very annoyed <laughs> and other people very happy. Um, but um, Station. Station. <laughs> it's, it's like uh, Skag the Falconer. And, yeah. Uh, El- and El- El- that oil shot itself? <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> What is going on there? It's, like, it's, it's tied. Okay. It's tied on. Oh, it's tied on. All right. Okay. Sorry. I thought um, it was. Yeah. I, I quite liked the fact that they'd done the sword pose, which is very uh, reminiscent of um, the Eltharian. Eltharian when, when he was yeah. blinded and the head of the mm-hmm. Tower of Hoth. Oh, That's he's pretty... the, the elf with the the mask or with the mm. the blindfold. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. has been brought back to life in um, the Lumineth Realm Lord's army, but as the kind of hollow armor version of himself. So this uh-huh. is a callback to that, though, which is pretty nice. Okay. You've what also got a-, a bunch of uh, additional characters. So there's the Hurricane Wind Mage, so a traditional-looking okay. mage. Again, as you say, drawing on that kind of Asian aesthetic and, and sort of style, which is kind of cool, I guess. Oh, they really got going hat. on it now. Yeah, yeah that, that helmet, though. Come on. <laughs> It doesn't get any better. Uh, <laughs> right. So we've also got things like the Skinari Caligrave, which oh, is... Oh, God's uh, sake. Oh, come on. Look at this. <laughs> we, we had seen him. Had we seen him before? In a, no, this in a is, box set. What's he wearing on his feet? <laughs> he's he's got is, the little... The, their specific little shoes that they would wear when they were like on... If they didn't want to step on puddles. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. they're, they're like little mini plinths. Oh. Stilts, yeah. Yeah, yeah but they're, they're based on real shoes. Tattoes, so. we'll call yeah. them. Still tattoos. Uh-huh. They, are, they are based on real shoes. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, you've also got the Skinari Lawseeker, which is the new model that's been added into the mix, which is the next one along, uh, which is a little bit more of a more measured model, but looks yes. cool. Uh, and kind of give, t- takes things back to sort of elves of yore in the style of armor and the way that it's sort of like the mage that's also a good swordsman as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, here's the thing. If that was the goofiest that they went with this army, <laughs> I would be I'd be hundred percent on board. Okay. I'd just about get away with that. The, the, the that as the goofiest. But considering that that is probably now the most normal thing <laughs> in the army, you know, and that's your starting point, like yeah. this is whoa, I don't get it. I just I'm, do you know what? It doesn't matter whether I get it. I'm sure there are other folk out there that are utterly drawn to this. You'd, you'd be surprised. The amount of people that I see in the comments for these that are like, I can't believe how amazingly wacky these are. I love them. So, you know, it, it, different strokes for different folks, as they say. The Marmite faction. Yeah. We also have a couple more. There's still more. Oh, so uh, there's another character on the way called Lirior Ulfrano. Which eh? is the new leader character? Okay, that I like. That's okay. Kind of reminds me of the kind of classic style of the Phoenix King and stuff <laughs> yeah. from back in the day, yeah. uh, which is cool. I do like that. I think that's. I think that's a damn fine miniature, and it's riding. It's riding a creature that is not a kangaroo. <laughs> so it's the four-legged version. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. uh, then we have a couple of units and an additional sort of like unit attachment as well. So you've got the Venari Blade Lords, which will be very, uh, well, very fitting for those people who loved the old High Elves and the Swordmasters of Hoth. They're now back in this form as the Venari Blade mm -hmm. Lords, as you can see there. Uh, kind of got the back banners going on, sort of samurai-esque, which is pretty mm -hmm. nice to see. Very cool. Then, if you thought those banners were too small, how about the Venari Banner Blade? who has a massive, huge standard that he walks into combat with, or she walks into combat with. This, just so you're aware, found out in the law, because, you know, I'm on it. That yeah. banner ain't made of fabric. That's made of pure light woven together into the image that you see there. So it might look heavy, sure. but it's light as a feather. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah. It, reminds me of the, <laughs> it reminds me of the very early Golden Demons where yes. people were allowed to enter, you know, you could enter a five-man unit, but they had to be based on a regular size thing, and all you could do was add banners. And over the course of four or five years, the banners got bigger and bigger. And <laughs> I've got White Dwarves where there were like half-sized A4 yes. banners, like A5-sized yeah. banners stuck on the models. So they had these massive artwork and then like tiny miniatures below them. Feels yeah. like that. Um, we also then got a final piece of terrain, which is going to be uh, an option for the Luminetta to use, which is called the Shrine Luminor, which will allow them to sort of um, uh, sap power from it in order to use in the games. Kind of brings together all the different elements and stuff that they uh, they talk about within the Lumineth. Um But yeah, an interesting little sort of thing to cap it all off for the Lumineth there. Um, there is some more for Age of Sigma, but it won't take us long to go through it because there's not okay. too many. Okay, so Kungu kangaroos are finished. Yes, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They can't hurt you anymore. We also have some more stuff that was kind of like um, dropped out because they're kind of building on the undead faction a little bit more and playing around with it. You've got the Cool Ghast Cruciator, which is sort of like a tormentor. Uh, it's to okay. use yep. within your undead forces, and then the next model is a total glam up, which is a phrase I'm going to start using a lot more of, of an old Warhammer model. Uh, yeah. So this is the White King on horse <laughs> with full-on Batwing helmet, <laughs> as you can see there. Um, again, building on a classic miniature from the Citadel range, uh, sort of like using it now for mm. the Mortal Realms. But this leads us, and a lot of people to think, that there's going to be a full army based around this idea and this motif of the vampires once more. So obviously we've had the Flesh Eater Courts and we've had the kind of more spirit-style version of it and we've had the Osiok Bone Reapers as well. We're hoping we're going to see a lot more of this kind of old-school style um, sort of skeleton zombies, vampires, that kind of thing popping back up as their own army within the world of uh, Age of Sigma as well, it's, which would be nice to see. classic look. Never goes out of fashion. That's really it nice. Would, it would be cool if they could do the skellies more like the city guard ones but then give you a, a, a kit that then can stick a load of bat wings and stuff to them if you like that aesthetic more it's, it's hard plastic it's easier to file the bat wings off lloyd oh, it's pain true. in the butt it's pain in the oh, butt just break out dremel because, because <laughs> as well as bat wings you've got flipping skulls everywhere look at that skulls yeah. and stuff oh, no, it wouldn't be water without skulls so oh, um, city guard is cool uh, we also have a couple more previews. One of them we've seen before, but the first one we haven't. So the first is a new Stormcast Eternal hero. Uh, so this is Garda Steel Soul, who is the main character in a lot of the different novels that have come out quite recently. And he's had quite the leading role within the kind of um, unfolding narrative of the Mortal Realms. 
Um, he's fought for Sigmar. He's fought for Alariel. Um, he's battled his way through an entire intoxicated grove of Nurgle uh, and sort of come out the other side as well. So a pr- pretty badass uh, sort of lord to use in your armies. Looks pretty cool doing the whole sort of Superman landing thing. That's Deadpool tool, this superhero landing. Superhero landing! <laughs> uh, but yeah, very awesome there. And then finally, we got to see all of Headcracker's Mad Mob, which are coming out for Warhammer Underworld Diachasm as well. So uh, we'd seen two or three of the models, I think, there. We now saw the uh, sort of main leader as well. I think, I think the Headcrackers are cracking. They are the, awesome. The, really the, cool. the, yeah. the Tiki mask is an unusual, well, it's very froggy looking, froggy come yeah. orky. Mm-hmm. Tiki mask for the shaman. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, that caps everything off for Age of Sigmar. Uh, it should be noted, uh, I didn't include it in here, but they also are saying that they're going to be doing a kind of like standalone two-player starter set for Warhammer Underworlds. So if you can't get your head around the idea of like, oh, so it was Shadespire, then it was this, then it was Diachasm, blah, 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 and being like confused by all that, there'll just be one starter set that you can pick up, which will come with new warbands and everything just to get you going in it, which is yeah. nice to see. On the 40K side of things, coming out for pre-order this weekend there's more so kill team pariah nexus which was previewed not long ago in another big info dump from games workshop is going to be available to pre-order this weekend from store.ontobertop.com yeah <laughs> uh, and Let this is just my superman swish swish <laughs> 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 It means peace. Uh, so um, this is going to contain a bunch of new miniatures and terrain and more for you to get started in Kill Team once again. Uh, you're going to get a new Space Marine Captain and the Chronomancer uh, as new characters that haven't been seen before. There's also going to be new kits for the Heavy Intercessors and the Flayed Ones. Um, again, we've kind of gone through this before in previous mm. previews when they've shown up as well. But some of the cool things about this kit, um, obviously it comes with all the rules for you to just dive in and start playing Kill Team, which is an awesome way to play 40k anyway. But they've got the mat, and they've also got these really nice uh, Necron terrain pieces as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're interested in kind of like building up a really nice Tomb World board, that's going to be uh, something to go and dive in and pick up. Which one? We're talking about this set here. Yeah, yeah so if you see that, you can all those terrain bits come in that set. The one with the OTT logo in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> are any of these unique to this box set, or can you get them as separates? So uh, all of the miniatures you see there are unique to this at the moment and will be available separately later on. Sweet. Uh, so if you don't, if people will want to pick this up anyway because it has heavy intercessors and flayed ones and everything in it as well. Um, in addition to the main Kill Team Pariah Nexus box set, you would got a little bit of a glimpse of what else they're doing for this as well. They're also going to be doing these new Kill Zone terrain sets. So a little bit like the kind of combat zones that we saw them do in the past for Warhammer 40,000 back in 8th edition, I want to say. Uh, so there's going to be three of these for you to pick up, which come with specific rules and scenarios and that kind of thing for playing in what they call hazardous regions. So you're going to have one for Sector Frontier, Mechanicus, and Munitorum, if you want to dive in, get some terrain, get a mat, and have everything basically set up to sort of dive in and start playing games. Um, oh, I like this one. It's like Robot Wars. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what they were thinking when they put this together. <laughs> like, yeah. um, in addition to all the new uh, Kill Team stuff, uh, they're also going to be re-releasing some of the stuff from the Indomitus box set at the uh, the very beginning of uh, Ninth Edition. So if you missed out on picking up the Indomitus set, or you just don't really want to pick up everything else that comes with it, you can now pick up uh, two new sets, which give you all of the unique models from that. So you've got the Honored of the Chapter for the Space Marines, which come with all the new characters there. And then you've also got the Royal Court for the Necrons, 
which offers up uh, the, all the different characters that they included on that one as well. So yeah, if you missed out on those, make sure to go and check those out and uh, pick them up for your Space Marine and Necron armies. And again, goes back to what we've been saying for a lot of the stuff that's been sort of previewed for Games Workshop. If it appears in one of the big box sets, it's probably going to appear separately at some point later on down the line. So yeah. you don't have to rush in and get it now. You can sort of wait if you need to as well. So yeah. Right. That's your lot for news. Oh dear, man. Let's <laughs> see what's been on in the 3D printing world. In the world of 3D printing, Ben, what have you picked out for us this week? So uh, the Patreon and, by extension, my mini factory that I've picked out for this week uh, is from Bombshell Miniatures. Uh, So Bombshell will actually probably be a familiar company to a lot of us uh, who've looked at their sort of pulpy sci-fi stuff in the past. Um, But sort of over the last couple of months and sort of year or so, they've been doing what a lot of companies have been doing and looking to Patreon in order to fund a bunch of um, 3D printable stuff that uh, you can either use for whatever you want, be it role-playing games, that kind of thing. But also a lot of people have picked these up and used them for things like 7TV by Crooked Dice. Mm -hmm. In fact, Crooked Dice themselves have actually bought a lot of these miniatures and used them within their range for a lot of the new stuff they've been doing, which is pretty cool. Um, The patron that you're seeing here, um, they have actually stopped taking a lot of subscriptions recently because there's been so much work that they've been doing. Uh, They've been Mm -hmm. sort of like, we need to take take the pedal off the gas a little bit. But... Some of their most recent stuff has actually been these really awesome superheroes. So if you like the idea of getting some sort of like alternative um, She-Hulks and that kind of things, they've been doing some really nice superhero stuff, as you can see there, that Lloyd's been looking through. Um, But the majority of what they do kind of goes into that slightly more uh, traditional pulp angle of things. Mm -hmm. So it's all sort of like scientists doing weird stuff behind the scenes, monsters and aliens and sort of spies and detectives and Cthulhu, as you can see here with some of the stuff they've been doing. If you can't get on the Patreon, is this stuff available over here on this other link? Yes. So the second link is to their My Mini Factory where they've been doing, well, anything that's got through all of the different stages uh, of production is then available as part of their uh, collection, as you can see here on My Mini Factory. So... There's Rocket Man. There's the Phantom as well, who mm-hmm. I think is possibly one of the most obscure superheroes, special agents I no, think I a lot of people will, uh, will have ever seen. Um, See, you say that because you're young. No, no, but I whenever, actually, I actually I remembered kid. him. Like, I watched his show at some point. Yeah, he, he had a show. Yeah. He was he, he actually had a Avengers-like group show as well as yeah. a cartoon. Yeah. But he was also a, a newspaper comic strip in the 80s uh in fact i think in the daily mirror or possibly one of the sunday maybe the sunday uh, mm-hmm. mirror but every week you would get a little phantom fighting the good fight yeah. somewhere in the world there we also have the green hornet i don't recognize doc vulcan he's too thin to be doc savage i because mm-hmm. i remember well weirdly enough talking about toys again this episode right i had a, a toy of the phantom and the jaguar that he had with the, that he had with him was it or was it a panther panther. The panther and i had the toys and stuff and i was like dad what is this and he was like ah well you need to watch some phantom my boy and so <laughs> so that's what we did but uh but yeah um here was amazing of running towards the cliff edge and as he's running towards the cliff edge he's turning the dials on his chest mm. fire up the rocket pack uh, do you know as a kid i wanted to be that mm. i wanted a rocket pack Fantastic. now as an adult i'd need a hell of a rocket pack. <laughs> <laughs> 
you need SpaceX. Yeah. Um, uh, and I would need dials with extra large letters <laughs> to actually read what it, uh, what I'm turning it to. But yeah, are but these like, great? Like as, as we were saying previous, uh, when we were looking at the um, uh, the indie of the week, that kind of like pulpy, as I found out, it's called Swords mm. and Planets style mm-hmm. um, of pulp and sci-fi. The guys at uh, Bombshell or Patrick Keith does all this kind of stuff. So if you're interested in that kind of style of um, space exploration and that kind of thing, Victorians on the moon, as a lot of people call it, or Victorians on Mars. There's yeah. Meg's daughter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then they've done all sorts of different characters like this, which are absolutely perfect for that kind of setting. That uh, is the robot. What, what is that? Tr- I can't remember the name of it. It's from Metropolis. Metropolis. Yes. That's yeah. Metropolis, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like one of the first sort of droy looking things on mm. cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the, the great thing about all of this kind of stuff, again, it could be used Rack for seven TV. Uh, but this is the perfect kind of thing for you to introduce into your games of Stargrave, for Stargrave. example, as well. Mm, yeah. Yep. As we were talking to. Um, and as you can see, it's not just um a lot of uh, sci-fi and pulp things. They also do have a little bit of fantasy as well. I mean, who wouldn't want a little tiny adorable corgi? Corgi really. with uh, panniers on the back, exactly. tools. carrying all your tools and things. There's the the iron golem there. If you want to go down the route of sort of like a style of a war forge, there is also an actual war forge for the That's arcane construct, which is the next one as well. Sweet, so, like yeah, that is lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. There you go. Classic war forge is if you you know if you played a bit of Eberron. That's the kind of character they've gone for there, which mm. is pretty awesome. Uh, they kind of like think, oh, a cool concept. Let's go with that. Let's do pulp this this month. Let's do sci-fi. Let's do swords and planets. Let's do whatever. Uh, they even got like a Blade Runner set as well. So if you click on the Cyber Crew, um, which is that one there, um, you've got sort of like your 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 Deckard oh. and, uh, and stuff for that as well. So if you're looking to do something a little bit more cyberpunk, then you've got those options as well. Again, um, these miniatures are available as the 3D prints as you can see here. So you can download the files and get them printed off at home. But I believe um, Crooked Dice have actually gone and sort of taken the license as part of a store license to kind of um, produce these for people as well in resin oh, and that kind of thing. So. real ones. Awesome. Real ones. Not ephemeral ones. No. <laughs> yeah. Digital ones and zeros. I get confused. But yeah, a really nice section of different things they've been doing for these. Again, these police are perfect for Stargrave that's coming up in a couple of months. Yeah. Use them as the kind of law enforcement as they're going around the tabletop, sort of cleaning things up and that kind of thing. And one of the things I really like about the bombshell stuff as a whole is it's just full of character. Like we talk about this a lot with a lot of sculptors nowadays, like Alex Huntley does the same kind of thing with Warplock. Everything's just full of character and, and it's all very interesting, very unique uh, and that kind of thing as well, which means that if you, in, in, in most, in most cases, when you pick up a bunch of this stuff and you add it to your collection and bring it to the tabletop, the people that you're playing with probably aren't going to have most of this stuff. Yes. So if you want to have like really cool monsters, really cool characters as part oh, of your skirmish no. warband, they won't have them and you will, and it'll look awesome. So, <laughs> I mean, how many people out there have a creature from the Black Lagoon? Exactly. Yeah. Mm, swimming. Yeah. That's what I think uh, Maria from Stingray actually looks like uh, if she uh, when when the, the the glasses come off and it's like oh god no <laughs> like this you are a fish person <laughs> Aquamarina, Aquamarina. <laughs> right there's your lock guys um, uh, head on over and check out bombshell minis over at uh, myminifactory.com right 
Kickstarters. Let's uh, let's uh, finally finish out the show, Ben. What have we got this week? Cool. Yeah. So uh, these are two Kickstarters that I'm going to introduce, and then let Jerry go for it because he has both played this game and had a massive interview about the other one. So uh, okay. the first of these is for uh, from well, from PSC Games, mm-hmm. who have expanded on their roll and write game called uh, Roman Roll. Uh, with the Gladiator expansion is the newest Kickstarter. Uh, just sort of like a quick fire thing. It's for one to four players, so you can play it solo if you like. Plays in around 90 minutes, and it's a classic Rome, uh, roll and write game. God, it's a roll and write game called Roman Roll. Jesus. Not to be confused uh, with Roland Riveron. Exactly. Uh, where you're rebuilding Rome after a great fire and trying to become one of the greats within the city. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll let mm. Jerry talk about it, because we had, actually had a Let's Play for this out this week. Uh, yeah, we had a, a let's play for the main game, um, and so like uh, like Benjamin was saying there, it's a one to four player because there is a, a solo deck that is Seneca, uh, and that that's been around for a while. It's uh, asymmetric. What they've done with the gladiatorial expansion is add a new region that people can conquer in uh, Britannia. Uh, so you're kind of being a bit uh, Caesar esque. Um, and they've also introduced a new um, thing that you can collect in the form of iron. Uh, so up until now, you've had you know, fish, jewellery, wood, that sort of thing. But you've, you've now got iron in, you've got smelting, you can make new factories and, and, and buildings on the tabletop, which is one way of scoring. But a more interesting way is you can build yourself a coliseum. Uh, it doesn't have to be a big coliseum. You can build little small ones, you can have multiples. But once you've got a coliseum up and running, you can have gladiatorial colleges uh and you can therefore fight gladiatorial games mm-hmm. and they have a, a very interesting me- mechanic in this in that you play out your gladiatorial games in the form of knots and crosses or tic-tac-toe for the americans mm-hmm. um and whenever you're you're putting your little knot or cross you can change so you don't have to just because your opponents put down two knots in a row and you finally got a chance to put one on the board you don't have to go for a cross you can go for a knot to score um and in doing so, you'll gain more ways of of winning because there are multiple facets to victory, and it's not just all about um, building the biggest temples or getting the most land or having the most money or having the most influence. All of this feeds into how you win. And when you're playing the gladiatorial games, uh, if it ends in a stalemate, like most games of knots and crosses will, uh, <laughs> then there is a you know when the when the the little board is full, you then tally up the score and then you get the the revenue generated and you get the materials generated and then you get the points for for winning those games because people don't care who wins as long as somebody fights then you wipe out the board and then you go again so you can have two boards playing simultaneously and depending on what's in there you may want to go for the left or right hand board when you get the option to put a a a game down to, to have a gladiatorial fight so you might be flipping back and forth between them so it's not just one arena being fought in but there's only i think there's a limit of five or five gladiatorial games played to completion before you're finished with it so mm-hmm. it adds a whole new facet to the way you play and it also adds a new um player in the form of a retired gladiator so up until now you've been playing various senators and each of the senators have different bonuses because it's all asymmetric so you may have somebody who's got a lot of influence you may have somebody who's very good at uh, military and roads or trading now you've got a, a gladiator and obviously he feeds in more to uh 
bonuses for the gladiatorial style of combat and that side of the game as well as as stuff to do with um the advisors and and britannia so it's a fifth different way of playing out the game or fifth mm-hmm. different player on the tabletop which changes exactly how your win conditions come in uh, because if, if you're playing against your opponent and they need to do something clever uh, like sp- spend a lot of gold and time and effort or denarii on jewelry and, and they're, yep. they're going to score big for that then don't fight them at their game mm-hmm. you play the game based on what you are uh, strong at uh, and so it has this really unique dice and draft mechanic which is very easy to get into and everybody knows how to play knots and crosses so the addition <laughs> uh, the addition of an additional region to it and an additional mini game built in is not onerous on you to try and learn. Mm-hmm. You're not having to learn a whole wealth of new stuff. You're just expanding yeah. on what you already have and then having this sort of interesting little play at the end as well where you're going, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play some gladiatorial games. I'm going to throw bread and circuses at the populace <laughs> out there and they will love me for it. Yeah. So, yeah, a fascinating uh, way that they've been going with it. And it's an interesting role and right in many regards because a lot of them are kind of, uh, very light experiences mm. and while i mean roman roll isn't like the most in-depth game but there's a lot more strategy built into it than a normal roll uh, roll and write game which is yeah. quite nice to see so it's a little bit more of a step up from something like your railroad inks and that kind of thing mm. uh but uh yeah a really interesting one to go and check out from the guys at psc well yeah. guys uh psc games uh roman roll gladiator expansion 17 days left uh on that so if you fancy adding that to your collection um, head on over and get it. Right. What's next? Uh, so next up, uh, we have Savage Frontier from mm. uh, the folks at Footsaw Miniatures and Games. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, at its sort of basic level, uh, is them looking to fund a new set of 28mm scale miniatures uh, sculpted by Stavros Z- Zuliatis. I think sure. I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I managed. Uh, for use during the French and Indian War. Uh, they are all sort of designed in the kind of scale and proportions that will be perfect for using things like musket and tomahawks and sharp practice. But the guys there are also working on their own rule set um, based within the period, yeah. a little bit like we've seen with things like Baron Wars. And that you had a chat with them last week, Jerry, wasn't it? Because there's yeah. a video here. So if you're interested, you can go check that out for some more details as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but essentially what, what Tim wanted to do with this uh, is it's an interesting little part of the the french indian wars in that it's specifically aimed at the battle on snowshoes so there were a couple of of important battles where the the terrain was as hostile as the opponent mm-hmm. um, they, they were fighting in a bitterly cold weather which is hence savage frontier because it's not uh the people that you have to be as worried about it's the actual elements that you're fighting in <laughs> are just as yeah. bad so they've, they've done uh, the first time I've seen any 28 mils in this style, they're wrapped up for the winter. They don't come on bases. They don't come with tabs either. They have the option of being mountable on either just the ground or they, they will all come with snowshoes. So when um, you say tabs, no puddles is what you mean? There's no puddles on the bases or what do you mean this? There's, there's no puddles, no tabs, no, you know, for slotted bases, n- yeah. none of that. They are virginal so that you can choose to mount them on snowshoes or if they're not if you don't want to use them for that style of game then you've got uh, some heavy we- winter weather clothing mm-hmm. uh, fellas for your your french indian wars anyway and and they're doing 
the three fractions they're doing your uh, native americans the british slash colonialist and then the french uh troops to give you this this mixture of models that you can then go into the the northern parts of uh new france and uh start kicking backside um and they've been they've been blasting away they, they had the core sets for all three ranges worked on and developed in advance there are some stretch goals in here but what they're looking to do is use this as a jumping off point so the the profits beyond the stretch goals are going to be used to to fund um more of the range in the future so the, they've, they've taken sort of the the idea that they they wanted the core range there already um but then they can use kickstarter to hopefully expand far beyond the, the actual kickstarter uh, yeah. campaign mm -hmm. to give people the, this idea now tim did say it is historical fantasy to a certain extent there are things in there that are anachronistic so there's a really nice resin boat which people immediately jumped on and went that's 20 or 30 years out it should not be that type of boat and he went i don't care I like that book. <laughs> so for heavily died in the world historians, they may not like it. Uh -huh. The figure wise, your figures are spot on for the Battle of Snowshoes, but occasionally you will run into something like that that's just slightly out, still perfectly valid and does look terrific. And I think the idea of taking those particular battles in the harsh northern winter and, and actually having the terrain and the elements be a imposing part of the games because yeah. uh, things like rogers rangers went up you know down up through rivers and and did these raids in the back of beyond and then ran into difficulties as did the french and when you've gone in and burnt a whole town or village mm -hmm. and then you're trying to escape they lost as many people on the way in and out as they did to actual battle, uh, battle and fighting oh, because oh. because they were vicious vicious weather what were they doing up there? Were they fur trapping or, or what was it? No, no, murdering each other. This was specifically, yeah. Yeah. this battle, it was part of the French and Indian Wars, which was Britain against France. Mm -hmm. And this battle shaped Europe and the Americas up until today. Because if France had won, France held Canada south the south of north america so louisiana purchased all of that down mm -hmm. down around the coast and they owned a big chunk of land in between where britain had its colonies originally on the east coast and then a little bit around the hudson like chicago area if france had won they would have held all of that so america would be french speaking now and not speaking any other language just like france does where they refuse yeah. to speak english so it would have changed that massively out of the back of this england took all of that land um france got kicked to the curb they were left with very little which meant spain then came in which is where you had the spanish mexican wars later mm -hmm. on it bankrupted france it bankrupted britain which is why you had the american revolution and the french revolution and then the napoleonic wars everything comes from this this battle had was monumental wow and so the the, the fact that they've gone yes this is this is great and then look at this little part of those battles in there just get stuck mm -hmm. in uh and set set everybody on fire and the ones who aren't on fire get frostbite fantastic scalp the lot of them go on your way so yeah 
And you might even see people appear. I don't know if we're going to see people like Washington, but Washington got his first command in the French and Indian Wars. Isn't it birth of, the birth of the Rangers as a portion of the mili- of the US military? Well, the US uh, th- military there, wa- as well. there was a Ranger faction before Rogers Rangers. Um, right. And some of the officers from that, which I think was Gorman, ended up being in Rogers Rangers. But then, yes, as as that sort of skirmishing green jackety force, they, they developed mm. much more in the French and Indian War. Um, and then, obviously, we get the likes of the riflemen and that sort of thing later on. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's incredibly influential. And just prior to I mean, the, the Revolutionary War, so this is 1750s, um, mm. but some of them would work for the earlier conflicts in the yeah. earlier 1700s and also into the uh, War of Independence and it's a, Revolutionary it's, Wars. It's a fascinating period. So yeah, the miniatures are, are stonking and they do show a comparison shot between sort of other 28 mil figures. So mm. if people have stuff already and they're wondering, will these fit? Um, yeah. A little bit bigger than your average bear, but there's uh, <laughs> a lot to be said for that. I like them. Yeah. They're nice, nice right. scopes. Okay, guys, footsore miniatures. Savage Frontier, only eight days left on that. So if you want to get stuck in, go and hop on over to it now. That wraps us up for this week. Remember, you can join us on Sunday morning for XLBS, um, uh, our kind of behind the scenes Cult of Games members only show, yeah. um, uh, where we uh, uh, dive deep with the community on on topics and, uh, and and what all of us are working on and what the community is working on. And we'd very much appreciate that you come there if you if you fancy spending a bit more time with us right big thank you to lloydie jerry ben most importantly though as always guys biggest thank you is reserved for you at home have a great week of gaming we'll see you soon go ahead and check out our other content on screen now and while you're at it why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong go on you know you want to click it go on